0: My mama would say You gotta fight for what is right To her I would say I wanna give back
1: Okay, so we're back with Fishers, which is great, and um, back with the whole podcast, which is great. For those of you that weren't on the Bards FM, which I would ask you to go back and listen to it, called The Test, which we're going to go over some more of it tonight, but kind of some deeper lessons in what came out of this last week. Pretty powerful, and a lot of things to discuss here just from a faith point of view and how we get through things. Um, it's It was a tough week. And I think we all felt it, and it's very powerful. Just a quick note because I noticed some people started hearing reverb. This is a problem that's actually in the mixing board with a software change that's been made, it appears. And so I'm working on it, and I, I can make some adjustments as we go. I'm kind of getting used to how to fix the problem. So don't, I, it I is controllable, and uh, I'm paying attention to it. And I'll get a call on Monday with the. Uh, manufacturer and see what it is that's going on and we'll get to the bottom of it if I don't figure fix it out before then. So the voice is good. The music we have a little challenge with on uh, if there's a there's a there's a particular loop that I can see this happening and I, can, I don't really understand digitally what it's doing yet but it's it's giving a feedback loop is what's happening. That's why you're hearing an echo in some of the music or garbledness. but the problem we've had this last week was far greater than that I'll tell you right now pretty crazy. And so really good to be back. Um, not something that, uh, I want to say it this way, you know, I've been doing this podcast since uh, 2019 and started it in May, I believe, of 2019 with 100 followers on YouTube. You've heard me tell that story. But I've been doing this podcast constantly since then. So when you go through, when you're traveling and, and the podcast isn't happening every day, that's one thing because that's a process. You know, you're getting right back to it. But when you're at a point where you literally can't broadcast, man, that is a, that's an unsettling point of view. And that's where we have to anchor in prayer and do a lot of other things like that, which we did, which is really fantastic. And very glad we did because ultimately the victory is not mine. The victory was God's. And, um, with that, all glory to him. Seriously. It's, um, it's what is what's required, patriots. I you probably know this, but um, we, we're in quite a situation right now with the change in attempts to change currency and ultimately to break everybody's will to be compliant uh, to something worse and greater than anything we can imagine. Uh, last month, the G20 announced a plan to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on the respective populations across the world and the central bank digital currencies essentially allow governments to track every purchase you make. They call they could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, which we've talked about many times, or easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. In essence, what's happening is the governments are getting, being able to take control over your finances and your life. So the concern, you know, if you look at yourself as a concerned American, which I hope you are, Diversifying your assets into physical gold is essential, and that's why we have Birch Gold Group. If you want physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, you need to call Birch Gold and and, and do so quickly. So the way you get hold of them, and they've been with us now for like over a year doing this. So it's fantastic. I've had nothing but rave reviews with them. They're a good company. You, you text Bards, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, that's BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. And they'll send you a free info info kit on gold. And then what you do is you, go, you read it, you become informed, which gets you there, and then you give them a call. And the easiest way to make this happen is if you have an IRA or 401K that's from a previous employer, then Birch Gold's going to help you convert it into an IRA in gold. And the best part about that is it doesn't cost you a penny out of your pocket. But they'll help you either way. So text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold and do that today. And, and even if you're not sure about it, do it. It doesn't cost you anything. Just text them. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. Get the free info kit, read through it, and you're going to get more educated, which that's a, that's a big win right there, big, big, big time win. It's good. Awesome. Yes, here's here's a good way to start, I think, tonight. Um, it is, um, Romans 12, 19, never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. We are in a lunatic world right now. It's literally upside down. Um. I haven't even started digging into news yet, which I will do. You don't have to worry. I'm going to do some tomorrow night. And by the way, I'm having shows all weekend to kind of catch up because there's a lot of things I want to cover. I wanted to make sure we have pretty good coverage of this week and some lessons. Uh, Tomorrow night shows, let me check here because I don't remember what I posted yet, but I'll tell you in a second. But there's going to be some good shows tomorrow night uh, all through the day. I'm I'm doing a bended knee tomorrow morning, which is important. Um... And then um, and we'll be doing the prayer on Sunday morning. Don't forget that. But tomorrow evening, I'm going to do Bards FM. And then tomorrow night, Fishers of Men. And then Sunday morning, uh, the prayer show. And then Sunday evening, I'm doing Bards FM. And then uh, Sunday night is um, Peace Be Still. So I'm going to get a lot of shows in and um, get some things caught up. And start rocking it. And that's right. Sunday morning is Coffee and Jesus, which is awesome. And it's a a good one. All these are good. So this week, and I just kind of want to talk about more of a personal matter. I talked about kind of the big moving pieces this last week, but I really want to talk about this and and where this vengeance thing comes in and other things as well. It's uh, Being humbled before the Lord. You know, the last few weeks for myself, five and a half weeks have gone by at a phenomenal pace. And through that period, the Lord has truly reshaped a lot of me and really brought me to a place where I have chosen, and he's given me the opportunity to say yes, and I have said yes, to be completely vulnerable and transparent before the throne. I mean, what I would say is vulnerable and naked before the throne. And it hasn't been easy. And I know that you have... You, all of you have, to us one degree or another, followed this journey. And I know that for some, we've seen some division and pulling away, which and I've made a comment on it many times, because there's been a little bit of a shift in the direction of things. And it's not that it's changing everything, but the fact of the matter is that our war is changing, and God's bringing me into a deeper part of the understanding. And in order to get to that deeper part of our understanding, we're going to have to make some bigger decisions. <clears throat> one of those decisions is we have to make a choice to get deeper into him. So we've had a, a pretty strong walk. I've had a pretty strong walk from Bard's Fest all the way through that week in Ohio with Michelle and Leah, which was a fantastic week. In which began with the walk in the uh, Ark Experience, which is just in the northern part of Kentucky. A lot of a, a lot of prophetic um, insights from the Lord of looking back into the Garden, and I'm gonna. This is gonna be. Uh, Sunday night show, I'm actually going to do this, is To the Root, and I'm going to talk a lot about this. It's based on a sermon I gave down in the Church of Glad Tidings, and I'm going to bring that forward and talk about things. And just to tell you, I mean, this is, going forward here, it's going to require a lot of transparency. You're going to hear more about me in certain ways you've already heard, but more concisely. And it's about just standing up here before the Lord and the world and saying, look, this is how I've made choices, and many of them I know are wrong. And part of this is to get to the root of the family, to our gift of creation, and equally to the place of where our churches have become so corrupted. Our country was started on the pulpit. It wasn't started in politics. And our pulpits are weak, but we have to revive them. And the only way that's going to happen is if we ourselves become strong in our heart and in our faith greater than ever before. So from Ohio, I headed out to... um, California and I went to men's camp and that was an amazing experience for three days there. And we ended up in Barsfest. we baptized 100 people in a men's camp. We baptized over 80 people. And that in itself was a pretty phenomenal experience and I've told a little bit about it, but it's worth highlighting because one of the things that God put on my heart there, um, was that every man needed to carry a rock into the river with him when he baptized and you saw a whole variety of sizes. And we had a rocky shore, which was amazing that God knew that I'd never been to the shore and God said, you need rocks. And I said, I don't know where we're going to get them, but sure. And then I walked down to the river and he goes, how's this? And I went, well, that kind of solves the problem because the entire, the entire beach was rocks. So we had 80 men baptized with a rock and what did they do with them? And the words that God gave me were, this is your moment of the river Jordan. And as you step out of this baptismal, you're leaving everything behind and the rock you place on the shore will represent the moment of your freedom. And you'll always be able to look back to it and see that moment of freedom. So they stacked them in a beautiful cairn. And, and there's a picture we'll get up on that, but it's really awesome. And that was the, that was their memory stones or memorial stone of the moment they were free. And that's something we don't all have. And it's important that we do because we get crazily going in things and we can drift from that point of baptism. Now, you remember that I was also rebaptized at Bards Fest along with Michelle and Leah. And that is a, that's a memorial stone moment. It's And it was given as a gift, which I've, I've talked quite a bit about. I'm not going to dig into it a lot, but I really want you to understand that the word that God has really given to me over and over now is that he is building the spiritual family. And the spiritual family is going to endure where the blood family will not. And there's a lot more to that component, which I'll talk about on Sunday night. But it's there's a deeper part to that. But it's very powerful. And... The gift given at, after at Bars Fest was the the prophetic word that Leah and Scott and Michelle, you are spiritual brother and sister, and that and I think that doesn't people don't really understand that, and I, and I because I can say I could, but I'm walking in and I can tell you it's pretty incredible, because it gets into a level of understanding that we frankly just don't have, and we've lost because where Satan has attacked us so heavily is in the place of sexuality to try to convert everything into a sexual-physical relationship and at the same time infect everything with the objectification of the sexes, which is driven primarily through porn, soft and hard. So these are areas which our culture has become so deeply corrupted. We even have churches now that are flying the LGBTQ flag in front, which is nothing more than Satan flying his flag in front of God's church. That's all it is. And that's a conquered space. So that church, the, the, the infrastructure of the church is deeply compromised, and it's accepted a lot of values that are not biblical. And there's the idea that somehow the Bible is a fluid or living text, like they think the Constitution is a living text, like they think the Declaration of Independence is, a, well, they don't. They don't like that document. And they think the Bill of Rights is a living text. So everything about this opposing force which is ultimately rooted in the satanic belief system, is thinking, tries to argue that everything is dynamic and not fixed. And, and that's where we've lost very much the true sense of the body of Christ, which was a martyrdom spirit. And the idea that there is no, there is no, no gift greater or no sacrifice greater than to lay your life down for another. Everybody back. I'll wait for everybody to come back right. in. This is gonna. <laughs> I honestly don't even know where this show fell off there. I don't know how far down it was. Here we go again. See, don't tell me we're not having some uh, satanic attack here. So we're going to pray against it right now. We're just going to do this. Um, Father, we just declare this space completely Completely void and free of any demonic attacks, we establish a hedge of protection around this communication line, around this platform that we're using, around all that are gathering, and we declare this truly the ground of kingdom with a bloodline in in the digital world being cast that will go infinitely up and infinitely down in all contracts. Any binding issues with the demonic world is now broken. Any any agreements that we are in, we 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 break those agreements, deny, denounce those agreements, we seal them and bind them and cast them to the feet of Jesus. And in so doing, we declare this space, kingdom space, in the name of Jesus. And we declare these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's start with that. Now, I'm going to, I don't know where I fell off. So I'm going to um, continue where I think I fell off. And Let's see what, what, oh, martyrdom spirit. Excellent. Someone told me. Great. Thank you. That's perfect. I know right where to pick up. That's good. So what, one of the uh, important things is in our life is we, we've been under so much attack from the, from the devil in terms of the, the concepts of what it is to love. And we've talked a lot about love over this last year and love has taken on another dimension for me. And it's, the problem is when we say love and I'm not, I, I have gone back and forth on how do we use this word? Do we call it another word? And we're not going to give that word up. We're not going to let the devil take this territory. What the devil has done is try to equate love with physicality, meaning kiss and and sex and intimacy in a physical sense and that sort of thing. Love is not that. In the, in the true sense of love, it is not of the flesh. And this is actually, we can talk a little bit about this in terms of Scripture, and we're going to read Romans 8 here a little bit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life is in Christ. Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of a sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's a very profound, profound outlining of where we are here, okay? And it's important that we just embrace love for the dimension that it should be. So literally, when you think about the current world and the obsession with the physicality of, of love, which is, again, sex, sexualization, objectification, and then you get into the whole LGBTQ zoo, they can't live without declaring their sexual physicality of why they have a relationship with each other. So again, this is a very important, this is Romans 8, 6, for the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. It shouldn't come as any surprise with those words that what we're witnessing is a innate in hostility that's being nurtured in people from their very young to be hostile towards God and to be dead in the flesh. It's a tragedy that we're witnessing. And this is all this is all leading to where things were this week with me. So this is where I kind of want to put things. Leah did a word a week ago, actually. And it was a word actually directed at me that was put out. And, um, she put it out for others to hear because it had other applications, but it was a word given to me. And it was a word talking about a, a emptiness in a heart. And This is, this is why I tie back to this because there, we all deal with wounds and we deal with, um curses and we deal with demons. And the more that I've gotten, I've gone into the understanding of healing by prayer and deliverance and the ministries of truly restoring the body of Christ, the more that you start to truly witness the profound power of what the demonic can do within us in a very subtle way. And that includes curses Somewhere along the path in Bart's Fest, and I'm, I, I know where and when it happened, but I'm going to leave that out for very particular reasons. There was a spell cast curse put upon me that un- unknowingly I made agreement with. And it happened that it came in a very vulnerable time post Bart's Fest when I was in the process of doing some deliverance, and somebody from the outside that was not in my presence sent me a word that was, ended up being loaded, actually more than sent me, called me and gave it to me over the phone. And in so doing, in a vulnerable moment, I put in an agreement to what was a wound already existing in my heart, which was a, a, a agreement of an abandonment sense. Okay. Now, this is a very destructive type force within us because the minute we start to embrace abandonment, we start to look at life very differently. We start to see everything as we're going to lose it and it generates an innate fear. Now, you've known me well enough over the past four years that fear is not an innate part of who I am. But when it gets into personal relationships in friends and even my relationship with God, especially as coming out of Bardsfest, there was some incredibly close spiritual ties that were built among many. I already mentioned Michelle and Leah. There was Brian and, and Alicia Derrico. There was CJ and Rick uh, Moyer. And Paul and the Cantrell family, some very, very tight and very deep bonds that were built. And this particular spell casting, which is what I'll call it, was sent to me in, in a way that was extremely destructive and unknowingly, because this is how demons work, I was caught unawares that in a vulnerable moment, I actually made an agreement. I was in agreement with part of the word. That, that part of the word was very destructive. Now, this is how subtle demonic can be, and it's important to understand this in our lives. And this is essence, and the essence of what we work at in deliverance, is to identify these things, to break them off, to come out of agreement, if they're demons, to cast them out, and ultimately to reset us. But the problem we have in our world, we go back to the physicality thing, is we see everything first through the lens of physical. So when somebody starts talking about demonic influences or start talking about getting in and breaking spiritual ties or, or soul ties or or breaking curses, there's still a large percentage of the population, in particular in the Christian community, that throws a red flag up and says, that isn't even scriptural, which is wrong, by the way, 100% wrong. It is scriptural. It's very scriptural. And we'll go over some of that later um, in another show, which I've already done recently. But But anyway... So they tend, we tend to repel against it. And in the process, we fall within Satan's trap because Satan's trap is to keep us, as is said here in Romans 8, to keep us, our minds set in the flesh. And as we keep our minds set in the flesh, we are experiencing a measure of death. So what happens? Leah gives me this word last Friday. And the thing is, I'm not in a proper place and in this place that, that, I need to be in to hear that word. I'm not hearing it because I'm unknowingly somewhat captured by a concept of an abandonment. We'll call it an abandonment curse. And I'm seeing things through the lens of abandonment. So what I'm not hearing in this is that there's a a need to let go and lean into God. But here's the next problem, is when you're working with something like that, it's difficult to find your way to the Lord because you're afraid you're going to lose things, afraid you're going to lose a relationship, afraid you're going to lose God's relationship or God's trust. All these things start to become barriers, and then that's where we get things like this idea that I'm not worthy, and it steps right in there. So as this whole event unfolded, which was the collapse of our ability to communicate, and the internet, which well, there was multiple layers of this problem. It wasn't one. There was an issue of this that was, first and foremost, it started out being an internet-based issue. I, I woke up that morning after the Basel Bas interview, and I spoke into the mic, and everything became garbled. What had happened overnight, though, was also important to recognize because there was an update on the Apple platform, and there was an update on the Chrome platform. Google Chrome platform, even though I hate that browser, Podbean requires Google Chrome. So, but that same update was similar to what happened on Brave and on Safari. So three different browsers had a, had a different update and there was an update in Sonoma. But there was also a signal degra- degradation going on, which was suggesting very highly that there was some sort of what they called the man in the middle hack going on, which wouldn't surprise me at all considering the nature of Basel Bas and his interview which if you remember I told you, his interview had been hacked, and it had been. Keywords are being dropped out, and it took me three days to, to edit that interview. So all of this unfolds very suddenly, and as it unfolds, so unfolds other things in my life. Suddenly, as the podcast falls, and I'm feeling like I can't control things, I'm in this situation where I'm be- it, it became so frustrating. I stepped back and I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to lean into you. And I'm just going to give you some time right now because I think that that's what I need and I think that that's what the process is. <coughs> and as I do that, praying into this to try to find a bigger solution. Now, here's the thing about, again, our physical versus our spiritual. I caught myself right away saying, well, we can't solve this problem in prayer on the web, which is completely garbage, by the way. But that's where this thing is going on. And so it starts to eat on you and your confidence. So continuing forward. God has me walk a path and I am going through this process with him and he, he unloaded something on me that was very unexpected and it's called sorrow. And I was, as I was walking the property, suddenly I got hit. This was about a day after I just kind of shut down and just let everything be. I'm walking and I have this incredible, overwhelming flow of sorrow over me. And I'm not, I can't describe to you in words effectively the magnitude of this sorrow. It hurt so much, I, I literally thought my heart was going to explode. It was a sorrow so deep, so deep in the soul that it was everything I could do just not to constantly weep. It was painful. It was sad. It was just horrifically dark. But the next question I had for him was, Father, what is this? Is this you or is this me? Because I've just spent four and a half, five weeks being with people all the time, filling my life with high level of just beautiful, incredible experiences of healing and deliverance. And and suddenly I'm, I'm just walking on the property by myself. So I'm asking myself the question, well, I'm asking God the question, is this sorrow I feel coming from me or is it coming from you? And the answer was both. And in this place... He's like, I want you to feel from your experiences, the sorrow of emptiness that I feel. And this is a true conversation. I just want you to understand this. It's no exaggeration on any of this. And the physical experience in this was unbelievable. And what he says is, I want you to feel the sorrow and the absence of what, you're, what you have, which is the same sorrow I feel for people's inability to receive the love that I give. And in this process and in this prayer, it was a whole night of prayer I went into. He took me literally around the world. We went to the Middle East. We, we were with Muslims praying. We were with people in Israel praying and working. And we were experiencing people throughout the world. We went to Russia. We went to Africa. We went to China. He even took me back in time to the moment that Moses had his hands up on the mount and was raising his hands, directing his army, and then down to the River Jordan as Joshua was taking his army across the river. And as we went through the Middle East, he said, I want you to witness the poverty of receiving love. And I went, wow, Father, I've never seen anything like this. He says, and that, he says, my son, is why we must love more. When you feel the sorrow, you understand the need to love more. It was a profound lesson. and then as he reminded me, he said, Moses led his people because he felt the sorrow of the emptiness of them not knowing the true God, me. And it was that sorrow that brought him to love for his people, to love them more. And he said the same with Joshua. Joshua led his people because he wanted them to have the intimacy and the love that he shared with me, and it was a sorrow of missing that he wanted to give them. It was just beautiful. And this is how, and, and this is how the enemy entered. This is why it's so important. Because remember, I said there was a, a spirit that was that of of loss, a spirit of abandonment. It was a it was a it was a curse basically that had been put on me. And I didn't know it was there. And so what begins to happen is that in this moment of feeling the sorrow, now the sorrow becomes personal and it becomes, the, it becomes me r- lamenting myself. And so here's kind of the, the general sense of it. The lamenting of myself saying, oh, woe me. Here I am and everybody I know has a partner but me. Oh, woe me. Look at my life and the destructive forces that I've done and how I've arrived here to live alone. Oh, woe me. I am not a father. I am not a husband. Oh, woe me. See how this is working? And in the meantime, I'm not hearing God at all. I'm not hearing him at all. I'm not hearing God saying, son, I need you to come closer to me. In fact, I'm saying to myself, yes, Lord, I get it. But I, I know all my friends are having coffee with their wife or their spouse or their, or their sister or their brother every morning. And you and I just having coffee every morning? Literally. This is the sort of distortion that this is doing. Because why? It's a fear of rejection. It's a fear of, of abandonment, even with the Lord. And this built, this was, this was pretty profound, by the way. And it came to a head last night. And there's more details of this, which I will go into in, in, in greater detail because it deals with another story. I'll do this on Sunday night. Um, but it, it, we'll just leave it to say that it came to a head. Now, I'm blessed right now. To really have incredible people in my life, and I have literally a cadre of three truly what I call spiritual sisters. God gave them, and we all feel the same. And that would be C.J., who some of you may know. Uh, she's from, he'll, she's from South of Portland. She and Rick are married, and then Michelle and Leah, and they all of them sensed something was off. And here's where you really talk about the true sense of love in the body of Christ. And it's very personal and it's very deep. And from a spiritual sense, it's very intimate. But I'd say intimate with caution because the minute we say that in our world anymore, we immediately think physicality. And it has nothing to do with that. Matter of fact, we're, we're so retarded in our world. If you say intimate, people are right away like, like, did you guys like get in bed or something? I mean, that's how dumb we are these days. And, and we have to stop that. We literally have to stop and we have to seek in such a deep way, the greater intimacy in the body of Christ, which is as we read in Romans 8, we have to work to not become subject to the flesh. So I have these three people, CJ first, and then I have Michelle second, and it just happened that way. And both reaching into me for in this sort of unraveling that I'm doing last night of like, something's not right. I need you to just be still, remember who I am, your sister in Christ, and I need you to listen to me and walk with me and we will walk this together. And this happened twice. And It was profound because we arrived at a, at a, a point where I was able to not yet identify what was hitting me, but I was able to identify the causal moment that was causing it. And it wasn't as, as far back as, I had, as we discovered, but it had happened last night. I was down in, we have a really cool barn here on the property that we're going to turn into a barn church. And I was down praying in it last night. And I was anxious to get in there and just be with God. And God had been asking me, son, I want you to come closer. And I'm hearing that. And I get down and I pray and I can't feel God. And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, there's so much noise in my head and I'm, I'm playing some worship music, and it's not sinking at all. And I start trying to just sing in tongues, in, in my version of tongues, and it's not working. Nothing is happening right. And I leave the barn frustrated, and I'm walking back up to the house, and I look up in the sky, and I say, Father, what have I done to have you leave me? What did I do to, that, that has, has, has forced you to pull away from me? That's the abandonment spirit right there. And I didn't even see it. It came right through out of nowhere. And in so doing, I'm left in this quandary saying things that aren't even true. In fact, God spoke to me. He said, son, I haven't left you at all, but I couldn't hear it because I was like, yeah, yeah, I hear that. That's what was my response. Like, yeah, yeah, I got it. But it, it wasn't resonating because this cloud had settled over my heart to try to convince me that God was going to leave me, which is an absolute lie. Okay. So I go through the whole night, and I get up this morning early, and I have a text from Brian Derrico at Glad Tidings Church. And he says, had my spiritual warfare last night? And I said, yeah, a ton. So I gave him a call. And he had been in a spiritual fight all night long. So was Jim Conley, by the way. I'm pointing this out because these are all people that have kind of started to circulate up into the upper echelons of Bar's ministry. And three men were all attacked the same night within the same hour. I want you to start framing this. we overlaid these times, and I'm like, that's exactly when we were all attacked. Early in the hour, and guess when that is? That's the witching hour. The witching hour. When the spirits are let loose to come out and raise hell on earth, literally. So as this, as we move forward, and people are saying Conley's shows are all gone. Conley will be back. He's just needing some time. He's had a really tough time, as you know. He lost his son. We've been. I hope you're all praying for him. And he's he's doing fine, but he's he's had a really tough night last night. So keep your prayers up for him. And this witching hour, it's all about the same time. We're all being hit. So as Brian and I are talking, and I'm telling him about the events of the last day, and in, in in some more personal detail that I'm going to give here, um, he pauses for a minute. and He says, Scott. You've got an abandonment curse on you. I said, okay. And so we backtracked to when it happened, which is when I told you it was right at, it was after Bard's when somebody I knew who has a somewhat, I would say, thinks they have a prophetic voice sent a word that was a corrupted word. And I knew it was corrupted when it came in, by the way, because I said it to him. I said, this does not resonate right. It does not sound like God. But I said, I'll take it to prayer. The problem is that that word struck, like I said, at a very vulnerable point in my heart. And without realizing it, I went into agreement with part of that word, which became the destructive virus that settled in as an abandonment spirit. So as I'm going through this with Brian, I said, all right. So I said, this is out of, okay, what do I do? I mean, I'm no deliverance, but what do we do with this? And he's like, you need to openly state you come out of agreement with this immediately, and then take it to the Lord to heal. And he said, "Then if we, if it's still lingering around, because they're coming up on Monday, and then we're going up to Portland together." And he said, "If it's still lingering around on Monday, then we'll deal with it together." And I said, "Okay." So we get off the phone, and I go right into it right away into this, and I'm like, "All right, Father God, you know, I, t- I come out of agreement with the abandonment spirit." And I break all chains and I bind them and I cast them to the, feet of, to the feet of Christ. And I ask that they be cast into the lake of fire. And I, and I recommit myself to the Lord, ask for his help to purify and to cleanse and set up edge of protection. I am not kidding you, like 10 minutes at most. And all of a sudden this whole world shifts. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Well, I know what's happening. That curse is broken. See, as we become highly sensitive and more sensitive in a refined way to the world around us, we start to realize that we are spirit first and not flesh first, and that this war is waging around us at all times, but because our head is always down into the physical world, we're not paying attention to what's going on in the spiritual. That's why when we go back to Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, the armor of God, all of those components are essential in this fight because we are not fighting The earth, we're fighting principalities beyond our reach. That's what's happening. And it's very real. So I get a a call then from Paul Cantrell. And we have this amazing call. And with this, there's just this shift after shift after shift that's happening. And it's all part of this unlocking of this abandonment spirit, releasing it as Paul is speaking things into my heart. I'm speaking things into his. We're exchanging words of, of Holy Spirit. And what's coming out of this is an amazing amount of healing that suddenly it's like I finished that call and I've woken from a dream, a dream walk that I've been in for over a week or more, but in particular a week since I had come back to the ranch and just been on my own. This is the nature of our fight. And the nature of our fight is literally to appreciate that the world that we are in is one that we must know how to operate in the spirit first and not the physical. They keep us busy with the threats of war, the rumors of war. They keep us busy with the rumors of fighting age males are coming across the border with the the idea that there's going to be a financial collapse or a food crisis or whatever that is. But the truth of the matter is that the real fight is happening while, while we go through that. The real attack is happening in the spiritual realm. And it's Coming through the various forms. We live in a world constructed with word curses and with spell casting. And it's around us all the time. We've talked about this endlessly. I mean, the latest conversation that we've had with, with Candy, for example, Jim Kate's wife, it's an incredible statement to everything I'm saying here tonight. And you remember, Candy was a photographer at Barsfest in, in Flemingsburg. And a week or so after Barsfest, Candy fell, or Jim found her on the floor having suffered a massive stroke. Candy was unvaxxed. There was a lot of consideration that she was probably exposed through some shedding and definitely exposed to an EMP pulse or the increased EMP from, or EMF, I'm sorry, EMF from 5G. But she had been out of oxygen for a significant amount of time. And so when they brought her to the hospital, they said about a third of her brain was, was not going to function anymore. It was dead. And that she was paralyzed, she would probably remain paralyzed, and she would really never return to what not really. They said she would never return to what they said. And if you remember, we approached that here and we said we're casting all that off, we're rebuking it. We speak life into Candy. And then we we've also prayed to speak life into Jim, her, her husband. And then we also had prayer to have, tell Jim to speak life into his wife. Well, Jim just that just lit Jim up in the Holy Spirit. And so over the last three weeks. From the place where Candy was never supposed to recover again, which is the most amazing starting point of this story. Candy is walking. Candy is eating on her own. Candy, the other day, in a most amazing story, they gave her a whiteboard and Jim went out to get some dinner. And when he came back, the orderly came up to him and said, what, what is Bards? And he says, what are you talking about? He says, the orderly says, your name isn't Bards, is it? He goes, no, my name's Jim. Why? He says, we gave Candy a pen and a whiteboard, and she wrote Bards five times, and we erased it, and then she wrote it again. He says, what is it? And Jim smiled. He goes, well, let me tell you about Bards. It's the most amazing story of recovery ever. Well, it gets better because then as Jim's talking, he said, how would you like to pray with Candy? I said, I'd love to, let's pray. So he put me on speaker and we prayed together and I prayed for Candy and we prayed into it. And as I finished the prayer, Candy says, amen. On her own, unprovoked, amen. That's God healing and us declaring healing and us living in the yes and us not living with any burdens that hold us back. So the power in which we walk in is massive and it's, it's so significant that this enemy is going to do everything it can to derail you and I in such an incredible way that we often don't even realize what has happened to us. That was my walk. I am blessed because I have some incredible people that walk around me. So to kind of finish that part of the story and before we kind of wrap this whole thing up, the offer that God had made to me was this. He says, I want you to come close to me. And I want you to step in close to me. And I want you to experience what it's like to be a father of many. And I, this abandonment spirit is fighting me on this the whole way, telling me, and you know, that's nothing. It's not going to be satisfying, which we know is a lie. And so it was holding me back until that moment that we, I stepped out of agreement with this curse. And then the door opened. And when that door opened, I could truly feel God once again. And I felt the joy and the pleasure of our Father literally just pulling me in close. I had tears. There's no way of saying that. Overwhelming joy to be in His presence. And all of that was being hindered by something that I had unknowingly come into agreement with that was doing everything it could to convince me that I couldn't, I can't, and that I would be left alone. Patriots, there are so many aspects in the spiritual realm that can attack us. It's vicious, and it's a very real space. It's what causes us to react and start to go after one another and and fight each other face-to-face instead of putting ourselves back-to-back to fight the enemy. It's what divides our churches. It's what divides the body of Christ. So when you look across at the enemy and you go, how come it is that Antifa and BLM and, and socialists and communists and LGBTQ and, and, and all these people can come together and vote in one mass in a hive mind towards a single candidate? Because Satan controls his army from top down. He gives the directives with the demons to be united, and each of these people, in one way or another, are influenced by a demonic hold. When we step into the body of Christ and we accept Jesus, God gives us the empowerment of free will. We talk about being reborn in the body of Christ, which is 100% true. As we are reborn and baptized, we take the name of Jesus upon us. We are part of Jesus. But the thing is, we still have free will, and worse is we don't take the discipline in our faith to be focused and aware of what the enemy does. We've lived in the physical when in fact, as we are reminded in Romans 8, we need to be living in, in the spirit. So I'm, I'm encouraging you all to take a reflection on things from this past week in particular, and all of the destruction and force that was waged here. That what was going on to de- deter this platform was going on a hundredfold inside of me and around me, and the one thing I'm blessed with is wise counsel. And by wise counsel, we wage war. And those counselors of, of my circle stepped in, they said, we're here. You're not alone. We're here for you. And they spoke into me and they spoke life into me. They didn't speak negativity. They didn't run. They didn't get frustrated. They didn't throw their hands up, say you're stupid, none of that. They spoke life. And it was hard for me to hear at times, but I did hear eventually and it took three spiritual sisters and it took two spiritual brothers to literally speak enough life into me, to hear me, to have me hear them and to make the adjustment to free myself from that trap. That's not just an anomaly. It happens a lot around all of us. And it's something that we have to be innately aware of and we have to be prepared to fight against. Our God is an unbelievably gracious, loving, and amazing God. He is the most high. He is the God of all things. He is also a God of victory and a God of war. And he wants his children to be mighty. He wants his children to be great in him. And we have to be greater in him than the enemy tries to be in us. And that's the ultimate bottom line. If we do not understand the magnificence of who we are, we are going to become subject to the enemy's traps. And it's very easy to fall prey to them. That's what this story is about tonight, how quickly that can happen. But how quickly it can also be reversed. Because once we identify what it is and we lean in and we are willing to fight and to fight aggressively, We rise up, and then what you're left with is where I am today. The enemy tried to take me down. He tried to knock me down hard, and he tried to divide me from the people that were extending their love in an unbelievable level that I've frankly never experienced in my life until now. And if he had succeeded, he would have divided a unity that God had built through spiritual relationships and spiritual family. The thing is that the enemy failed because the enemy does not understand in any way, shape, or form that once we are in the body of Christ, once we commit to that walk, and it's a tremendous walk of truly having faith and believing in him and building and relying on the spiritual ties that God gives and the spiritual family that God truly builds. The enemy cannot divide us. He cannot conquer us. We stay united. So wherever you were this week, wherever your walk was this week, in a difficult and challenging week for all of us, I pray and hope that you spent time in the Word. I pray and hope that you spent time building relationships, building strength within the body, and speaking life into others. Not speaking death, not speaking curse, not speaking division, not speaking hatred, but rather speaking life. And this is how we ultimately win. Because in all of that piece of sorrow that God showed me, there's a really important piece here. Yes, the enemy tried to use it against me, but the greater message ultimately became this that as we appreciate the sorrow of not being able to receive love, we understand the necessity to love more. Love is a victorious recipe. Love is the equation towards success. When you see what's going on in the world right now, so many pieces in the moving, so much chaos happening. We are starting to see churches literally align with Israel to fight Muslims. This is the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest thing ever. This is the trap of all traps. God is the maker of all things. And religion is a divider of all things. And so it is our job more than ever to find the ability to speak life into people and to speak Jesus into their heart. Because I'm going to tell you, if Jesus was here right now, he would go to those places where they do not know him and he would make himself known. And in making himself known, you would see full armies come to their knees and weep. You would see hatred melt and you would see love prevail. So we need to be like Jesus. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we're very humbled tonight just to be here and to reflect on what was for all of us a very challenging week. And Father, we just are, want to thank you for bringing us through for the victory of overcoming and for bringing this voice, your voice, and your platform back to life. Whatever the reasons, the were, and whatever the enemy thought it could accomplish, Father, we have to be constantly reminded that the enemy is only a shadow to the greatness of glory that all you are. But that shadow, sadly, Father, has a way of getting into our thoughts and into our heart and into corrupting us. So forgive us for these falls and these, flat- and these stumbles that we make. And yet, Father, we equally ask for the mightiness of a heart to start to stand in that gap, to be greater in you, to be greater in the word, to be greater in this fight. And that is my prayer for everyone, Father, to literally be greater in all things that you are. In this hour, Father, is such a critical time that we make the right choice, that we do the right thing to step in, that we bring that gospel of Jesus Christ into the world, that we bring the miracles of healing the sick and the broken, that we cast out the demons and deliver them from the darkness and we're called and wherever the opportunity arises to raise the dead because it's there, Father, that as we master those short that short list of things that Jesus has done, it is there that we open the window to the greater works whatever they may be. So, Father, with your blessing, humbly we place ourselves before you this night. We repent for the sins that we have done, known or unknown. And for those unknown sins, we ask that you will show us and reveal us what we have done so that we can become greater in you. And so, Father, we raise our hands tonight and we say amen. And we say thank you. And in so doing, Father, we ask that we can continue to walk this glorious path with greater understanding of the gifts we have and the authorities we have to bring those greater works and miracles into the world. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. It's a beautiful time to be alive, but it's a challenging one. There's no question. And the challenge in which we face is not one that will be easily overcome. But the more that we discipline ourselves in the word, the more that we trust truly in him, the more that we learn about the tools to fight the enemy, healing and prayer, deliverance, the tools of that, the breaking of, of soul ties, the coming out of agreement with curses, the casting out of demons. These things are real. And as we come to the understand them and we face them and we defeat them, we become greater in than more than we've ever imagined. But the most important thing about all of this is not the actual war, but it's your heart. At the end of the day, to get to God... To become greater in Him, we have to be naked, vulnerable, and transparent before Him. There is no other way. And that means your darkest secrets, the things you don't want anybody to know, ultimately have to be spoken in witness, because it's there that the greater healing happens. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another so that you may be healed the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That's why we have wise counsel, because there are people around you that need as good as followers of the way, followers of Jesus, to be able to stand there and listen with an open heart, to pray with you, to heal with you, so that you can trust in and not be judged. Because judgment is not ours, it's God's. But in that bearing witness to the the, the sins We become set free, the demons have no home, and we become greater in him, and we truly begin to heal. That's the beginning and founding recipe for victory on a greater level than we've ever imagined. And it's there that I walk and I encourage you all to to walk with me. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us, he'll never forsake us, and in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will be here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. For Bended Knee, tomorrow night, Bards FM, at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. And then Fishers of Men, tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. Three shows on Saturday. Don't get too accustomed to it, but we're definitely making up some time for some lost time this week, and we're going to burn some turf and burn some late night and night oil. It's important. We've got a lot of ground to cover, a lot of things to talk about, and it's important that now we get our head focused for what this real war is. So, see you tomorrow morning. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, good night, thank you, and out for now.
2: Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest dead Oh, I want to feel something